Awake in the Dream Radio with Laura Eisenhower and Dr. Dream. Raising your frequency and expanding your consciousness one guest at a time. Welcome, everybody. You have found yourself here at Awake in the Dream Radio. I am your co-host, Dr. Dream, and our most wonderful, incredible other co-host is... Laura Magdalene Eisenhower. Hello, everybody. Hey there, Laura. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Dr. Dream? I'm doing so good. Um, little little difference for us uh, tonight. Normally, we're separated by uh, a hallway and two doors. Tonight, we're separated by um, 500 miles and a rainstorm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're all the way up north, and I'm here, and uh, here we are. So it's nice to connect with you on our show um, 500 miles apart. I'm Even telling you. I'd rather did... have you across the room. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you. Um, your great-grandfather could appreciate this. I'm I'm in a lovely home in Ukiah um, that I had to source out because the Internet um, availability up here is terrible. And um, when I, I sat here, my friend Lisa said, would you like me to light the fire? So this is like a fireside chat for, um, for me. Could get about as close as I'll ever get to a presidential fireside chat. Ah, that's funny. Well, that's good. That's that's good to hear. So, uh, we'll, we're moving right along. <laughs> so, tell us, um, give us um, the uh, astrological perspective of what's going on. I know um, we're we're still dealing with Mercury retrograde. Um, I, I don't know when that stops, but anything else we should know? Well, I mean, we are in the middle of uh, two eclipses. Uh, the total solar eclipse is on the 13th, and the lunar eclipse will be on the 28th. And so it's interesting because we're dealing with a Mercury retrograde while we're in between these two eclipses. And uh, so it's a chance to really, you know, go inward. I mean, Mercury retrogrades tend to throw off communications and complicate our lives a little bit. But really what it's, you know, really doing is asking us to go within. And, and, and in a sense, it's like disruption happens so that we can turn our attention elsewhere, realizing that, you know, maybe the outward isn't where it's at so much as the inward, um, paying, you know, real good attention to the stuff that needs to be purged, you know, the stuff that we'd like to clear. And particularly between two eclipses, it, it's extra powerful. And if we, you know, see it through the right eyes and with the right perspective, uh, it can, you know, definitely serve us. Um, the power of eclipses lasts for about six months. So the energy we hold um, on the eclipses and during the eclipses, you know, pretty much gets carried on for quite some time, the vibration, um, you know, maybe our thoughts, um, but definitely our frequency. So it's important that we just really breathe and just really ground ourselves and prepare ourselves for, you know, what's coming. There's also a lot going on with Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Um, you know, there's there's the potential for great and good events. However, uh, there's just as much uh, challenging events that can take place. But, you know, the ability for us to be neutral and to accept, you know, both the positive and negatives um, is really where it's at because it allows us to, you know, really uh, just integrate the positive negative into a neutral 
um, understanding so that we utilize it for our greatest growth and our greatest good instead of falling into frustration and the highs and lows of, you know, what this energy can do, where we might feel like victims one day and on top of the world the next. It's just really good to just be neutral and just to observe and to pay attention to what we're being communicated uh, both from within and without so that we can utilize, you know, the ups and downs in a way that, you know, really serves us. Wow, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. We'll, we're going to make this a regular part of um, of our broadcast, is kind of just checking in with you. Um, I've, I've said it on air before, you are the most amazing astrologist I've ever met, and that says a lot because I lived in Sedona for nine years, so um, I had my share of different astrologists and things like that. But it's it's going to be really special to bring this energy and and nice to give people a heads up and and um, you know it's not that we have to live our lives by this, but it's just good to to know what's going on because we're so affected by so many different variables. Uh, the planets certainly being um, a big one of those. Yeah, and that my goal really as an astrologist is to bring people into the center of the wheel and into that place of, you know, full-on integration with, you know, the wholeness of the whole wheel so that we can liberate ourselves from the zodiac as we are in this incredible shift time where time is basically ending. So we want to graduate from the lessons of the zodiac and really move into the zero point and into just higher consciousness, utilizing all the lessons that the zodiac has, has provided for us. And uh, I think this is just a point where, a lot of us should say, okay, I get it now, and we and now we remember who we are. Let's move forward uh, empowered and um, just in our truth. So that's really the goal for me uh, working with these tools. I love it. And we've been, I mean, it, it's just really good to, to have a grip on this because, I mean, the energies are changing so rapidly. Can you believe that it is November 20th, 2012? No, no. no. I mean, it's like, I was just thinking today, wow, 26,000-year cycle and we're in the last leg. And I almost feel like there's been no separation between each of my incarnations and it's just the same thing, just, just you know, like wanting to complete this cycle, but, you know, not saying that the journey hasn't been fun. It's certainly been filled with all sorts of things, but uh, it's just been an incredible journey. And uh, here we are, just one month away from, like, the finish line, you know, the end into a whole new beginning. I mean, this is a real birthing. So so it's awesome that we have Jordan Maxwell on the show today, and I'm just thrilled because uh, he's he's just filled with incredible information. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Abs- <clears throat> absolutely. Um, quite thrilled that um, Jordan Maxwell is our guest. He is a preeminent researcher and independent scholar in the field of a occult and religious philosophy. And this is amazing to me. His interest in these subjects began as far back as 1959. So we're looking at like over 50 years. He served for three and a half years as the religion editor of the Truth Seeker magazine, America's oldest free thought journal since 1873. His work exploring the hidden foundations of Western religions and secret societies creates enthusiastic responses from audiences around the world. Um, He's conducted dozens of intensive seminars, hosted his own radio talk show, kind of fun to have him on ours, and he has guested on more than 600 uh, radio shows and written and produced and appeared in numerous television shows and documentaries. Um, 
his work on the, the subject of secret societies, both ancient and modern, and their symbols has fascinated audiences around the world for decades. And it's, 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 it's as timely now as ever. And considering the rapidly moving events of today and the very real part that hidden religious agendas play in our modern war-torn world, look at what's happening, um, Jordan certainly feels these controversial subjects are not only interesting to explore, but as I say, too important to ignore, and most certainly, um, you know, at at this time. And so um, it is my uh, distinct honor and pleasure to present to you Jordan Maxwell, who is not the foremost authority on anything. Welcome to the show, Jordan. Well, thank you very much for having me on, and uh, boy, that is the truth. I always try and say that, if I can remember to say it every time, is that I I don't feel like I'm an authority on anything because I'm well aware of how much I don't know. And uh, that's the big problem in the world today is the people who think that they know everything about everything, and it's, it's all a bunch of bull, and they are the world's foremost authority they're the people who have led us into the disgrace that we are now looking at on our earth of the uh, relationships between nations and people and the lies of religion and government and commerce. <clears throat> Just remember that the mess that the earth is in today with the pollution and the violence and drugs and crime and the corruption in every institution it's all run by people with PhDs and uh, <clears throat> big shots who uh, will tell you that they are in control and they know everything there is to know about everything in the whole world and they're in control. And so, like Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. So look at the fruitage of the masters of this earth and people who run the planet. Look at the fruitage. What is the fruitage of the people who run the planet earth? Well, you know, you can go on for hours talking about all the all the, the horrible things which are going on on the earth and uh, things which are coming, you know. We just keep de getting deeper and deeper into trouble because we listen to people who are pontificating instead of investigating. And, uh, they, you know, they're telling us what they want us to believe. And the reason they know what they're telling us is because they've been taught that in their universities to get a degree so that they could go out and get a job. And so in order to get a degree, which then, uh, you know, at least now you are in a position to get a job, uh, you have to answer questions and you have to take a test to make sure you learn what, they, what the institution wants you to teach. And so, like, I think it was a great quote from Albert Einstein when he was in school. <clears throat> uh, it was reported that uh, at one time Einstein, as a kid in school, said to his teacher, why is it that we, the students, have to answer all of your questions? Uh, why can't you answer some of our questions? So that's what I've um, always felt, you know, that, uh, you know, we're expected to follow uh, blindly uh, the pontificating uh, pronouncements of the people in power as if they are the final authority. Oh, like I said, hear that. Yeah, look at, the, look at the world we live in. Our oceans are polluted, our air is polluted, our food is polluted, 
our internet our and uh, educational institutions are polluted our our, our that, governments are corrupt i mean you know look at the by their fruits you shall know them so that's it yeah and that's and that's what really just brings me into my first question because you know it's just incredible that you've been doing this for so long and my question is you know 50 years ago I mean, people really were not awake. I mean, how did you just get in touch with this level of information or just, you know, embark on this path? Because back then you might have just been the only one that you knew that was really getting into um, some some truths that just were unusual to be uh, delving into at that time. Yeah, it, it, it's, and again, I don't I don't claim any uh, uh, any uh, special wisdom or knowledge, but I was led into what I do at a very early age and uh, as trite as it might sound that's that's the facts of the matter is that even at uh, six seven and eight years old I was having other world experiences um, seeing entities in my bedroom at night I lived in Pensacola uh, grew up born and raised in Pensacola Florida which is in the panhandle of, of Florida, <clears throat> and I think it's the second largest naval air station in the world is Pensacola. So I grew up, um, you know, continually seeing uh, UFOs, all kinds of strange craft, many of them ours, but some of them definitely not human. And um, as a matter of fact, Pensacola and Gulf Breeze in particular became very famous around the world for UFO experiences and, and, and UFO uh, photos of strange things in the sky. And so I grew up uh, having, seeing entities in my bedroom, UFO alien experiences. And uh, <clears throat> and so it, it taught me uh, that my experiences taught me basically that the, there's more to this world than meets your eye. I mean, I, I lived in the regular, I lived in the regular world, but I I also had one foot in the occult world on the other side of the world, and um, so I, I had out of body experiences at eight years old, where I went to another place and saw a terrible accident happen. And it was extraordinarily uh, horrible accident, and I was there on the scene as a child. And then I I woke up and told my family what I had seen, and I was assured that it was just a dream. Except the next morning, uh, it was in the newspaper exactly what I said happened, precisely into the detail. So and I was there, and so I went out of my body. I don't know how I did it. I didn't plan to do it as a kid, eight years old. But it, those mm. those kind of experiences taught me at a very early age uh, not to get too involved with the mundane world, with the regular everyday world, because there's nothing important about basketball or sports <laughs> or the TV news or the regular world we live in. There's not that much important about it. What's really important is who are you, where did you come from, and who owns this earth? <clears throat> and uh, where we come from a hundred thousand years ago? Where did what was the, what was going on on the earth five hundred thousand years ago? 
And where are we going to be another thousand years from today? Where would the human race be? And so I began contemplating all of these uh, strange and interesting questions as far as I was concerned. Other people just looked at me like I was losing my mind. As a <laughs> you know. Oh, I'm sure. Now, now, Jordan, there's a, a quote from... Um from Zeitgeist, from your uh, role in Zeitgeist, I wanted to, to bring up. Um, the more you educate yourself, the more you understand where things come from, the more obvious things become, and you begin to see lies everywhere. You have to know the truth and seek the truth, and the truth will set you free. I love this quote, but I mean, and, and the movie really shook things up for a lot of people, but. Here, here's here's my question. How do people know what the truth is? Because when when we're listening to um, you know people in the truth movement, such as yourself, um, we realize that what we have thought is truth has been lies all along. So so how do how does someone who's listening to this broadcast now who says, yeah, I want to get to the truth of everything, how how do they how do they discern what the truth really is? Well, I got a great answer for that. A, a quote <clears throat> someone sent me many years ago that basically said, um, always trust a person looking for the truth. Don't ever trust the one who's found it. And <laughs> that is That's awesome. true. Yeah, because um, truth is a continual, perpetual striving to document and research uh, and, and continue to document. That's what the word research means. <clears throat> Some people search and others research. And so today, all of us, uh, all of the people in, you know, who are writers and speakers, are actually researching. We're building on the shoulders of great minds who did all of the original work. And so uh, there is no bottom line on truth. It's a continual, perpetual reading, studying, questioning, researching. Uh, but the biggest problem I find after all these years of doing what I do, uh, the single biggest uh, hindrance to coming to the truth is uh, something called co cognitive dissonance. Um, people, generally speaking, do not want the truth. They want to hear what they want to hear. They are not interested to hear what they don't want to hear. Uh, if you if you love country western music, you're not going to pay a lot of money to go to an opera. You mm -hmm. know, and if you like uh, the big band era, you're not going to be paying a lot of money to go to a rap concert. Uh, people will pay money to hear what they want to hear. They will not pay money to eat what they don't want to eat. And so the big problem is intellectual uh, honesty. That's one of the biggest problems we have today in the pursuit of truth is intellectual honesty. There's very little of that left on the earth anywhere. Intellectual mm. honesty. And that means when you look at a fact, it's provable, it's in your face, then you turn and look the other way like the old saying, there are none so blind as those who choose not to see. And that's where we are today on the earth. Most people on the earth today choose not to see. 
They would rather not see it. They don't want to see it. Why? Because they have lazy mental habits. They're not interested in truth. They're only interested in filling their belly and being entertained somehow. This is why we have uh, liquor stores in America on every corner. There's always a liquor store to make sure that people have plenty of booze and alcohol and drugs. And, of course, America is one of the biggest drug users on the earth. That tells you something about our society and where we're going when the uh, when the people themselves are famous around the world for being on drugs and overdosing. And, uh, you know, we hear all these terrible things about the meddling cartels and these drug cartels making billions of dollars and billions here. And uh, <clears throat> But nobody ever stops to uh, comment on where are these drug cartels getting that money? Where are they getting the billions that we are talking about? Well, they're getting it from America. They're getting it from America especially because Americans are drugged all the way up to the the, the tip. So we are a drug-induced society. We we love alcohol, entertainment, loud noises, violent movies. It's all part of a scenario which shows that our society... Uh, is uh, has been for a long time purposely driven in a wrong direction. So it's like a stampede now. As long as all the cattle are, are just grazing, uh, you know, nothing is happening. So you have to stampede them all into one direction. And so that's where we are now in America, and probably most of the world, as people are being stampeded into drugs, entertainment, alcohol, and very few people are intellectually honest to look at something or what it is and admit, go out, go ahead and admit in public that something is what it is. We don't want to do that. It's, it's called politically incorrect. We don't want to talk about the real truth. And so uh, right. as, long as, you don't con- as long as you don't confront the problems intellectually and spiritually, honestly, and look at it for what it is, and uh, and then search your spirit and your mind to find out how do we fix this problem for the whole human race. As long as you don't do that, then, of course, uh, entropy enters into the picture, and we just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And the more people are praying, the more Christians are praying to their God, the more uh, holiness that goes on in Islam and uh, and praying to their Allah, and the Jews are praying to their God, and everyone's praying to the, the God, you know, for the human race and to protect us and guide us. Um, each day, the world becomes more violent and more reckless and more lost. So that tells you something about our gods and our and our connection to the divine as a civilization. Oh, we don't have any connection. Yeah, right, right. I, I just I love just the way you're wording all this and just the amount of integrity that you hold and just, I mean, you're really putting it into the terms that people really need to hear about how they can structure their perceptions to really just get on target. But like you said, you know, people like to be dumbed down. I mean, they're almost asking for it because they keep buying it, they keep buying into it. So my question is, you know, what took place in our ancient history and secret societies 
Um, you know, was there some sort of infiltration? I mean, can you tell us a little bit about the origins of some of these dark agendas or the origins of, you know, the Illuminati? Was there an infiltration of the Masons? I mean, what, what, what's your take on how this dark, dark seed and evil um, got implanted into our society? Well, um, it's it's actually not very difficult to understand. Um, I, I, I should just remember your question because I might get off into a different tangent. Uh, I want to uh, preface my comment on that by saying, by giving you an example, if you have a if you have a two-story building and you're going to put a lot of weight on the second floor. The smart, intelligent thing to do is to go downstairs first and get on a ladder with a building inspector and look and move the ceiling tiles on the first floor to look at the foundation of that second floor before you go building on it to see if it's going to hold that kind of weight. So what you're doing is you're standing under the foundation you're going to build on. That's where we get our word understanding is to stand under the subject to see of whatever it is you're building on, what you're building your life, you're building your career, you're building on sand, you're building on ignorance, you're building on stupidity. You need to go down beneath the surface and see how things really work. And once you see that, then like Albert, Albert Einstein said, you cannot cure the problems, as I'm paraphrasing, but you can't cure the world's problems with the same people who created them. And so the problems we have in society today <clears throat> on the surface seem to be absolutely ludicrous. It's crazy. It makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, you know, one of the greatest countries that ever lived is America, and today our IQ is down to about 40 uh, the American people have no idea where they're going, what they're doing. Uh, it's, it's actually, to someone like myself, it is frightening because I realize that the scripture in the, in the Old Testament says where there is no vision, the people perish. It's a profound statement. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And this is what we're seeing happening to America today. The American people... Uh, as, a, as a blanket statement, have no vision. They have no understanding or vision of where society and history has come from. We don't bother to teach history. We don't need history in school. It's not, not important because we have basketball. We've got plenty of stuff for kids about <laughs> the ball. And that's what we're told, even as a kid. You know, when, when I, I remember when I was a kid, when People would come over to visit the family. Uh, after dinner, the the adults would tell us kids, go out and play ball. I have never, ever played ball. I'm not a team player. I don't intend to go out and play ball while my masters who think they own me are planning my demise and deceiving me while I'm out playing ball as a child. So that's why uh, I never did. Uh, fall for that idea go out and play ball because when my dad would tell us after dinner well go out and play ball um, I would I, I remember confronting him and my uncle and some of the other men there and by saying I don't want to go out and play ball I want to know what you are going to talk about when I'm not here 
Uh, I'm a man also. I want to know what to, you know, because the women will be in the kitchen talking about women things that I'm not privy to know. And um, and now, as a, as a young man, I'm not supposed to know what my dad and, and older men are talking about. And I said, no, no I, want to, I want to stay in here and listen to what you guys are talking about when we're supposed to be out playing ball. Well, that's the same thing today. I mean, we're told this in an American society. Well, you don't want to rock the boat. Go out and play ball. And, uh, you know, and, and when we didn't want to go out and play ball, <clears throat> my dad would finally get frustrated. My uncle would, would uh, get up and say, well, I'm going to go out and play with the kids. Oh, well, now everybody, all the kids want to go out and play ball now because my uncle's going out and everybody loved him. So when he goes out to play with us, well, another couple of guys will go out and play. So now we got the adults out there, and now we're interested in playing ball because we got our, you know, we got our father and my father and, and his brother. And so now we're happy. Then, of course, about 10 minutes into the game, uh, they start dropping off and going back in, but we just stay out there as kids. So they got us going. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> we're not supposed to know that that was a trick. Well, the same thing is done today in your face. You see the basketball games and the football games, and you always see at the basketball and baseball games, you will always see they zoom in the cameras on the uh, on the president and the vice president, on the big movie stars, the big shots. Uh, they're at the ball game. See, Daddy's out there playing ball with us. He's out there throwing the first ball, and he's out watching the game with us just like we are. So he's Daddy and all of the important people uh, are out there watching the game with us. No, no, no. I understand what's going on. That's nothing more than propaganda. They're putting people out there so that the world will see, oh, well, then that's what's important. The President of the United States is out watching the ball game. I don't buy it. I want to know who these people right. are, and I want to know what they're watching, what they're talking about at 3 o'clock in the morning when the rest of the world is asleep. I know how these people work. They operate after midnight. It's a very dark that runs our planet. So, uh, <clears throat> Jordan, I, I love that. About all of it. I, mm. I love that from the time you were um, a child, you were not willing to play the game that they were telling you to play, and and your whole life has really, um, you know, reflected this. It's it's you you weren't going to play by the rules that that nope. they told you. Um, nope. I want to I want to bring the discussion into into current events. Well, let um, me let me stop you first. Go, okay, <clears throat> let me stop you first and throw this in real quick. Excuse me. Um, when I was uh, seven or eight years old, I don't know, nine years old, whatever it was, um, I was born and raised Catholic, and it was a very Catholic family I was in in Florida. And uh, we were told that uh, we were going to have a service called Confirmation. And so the nuns told the children, now tomorrow night at church when we're having the, 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 uh, the Confirmation ceremonies in church, after which, uh, after the ceremonies are over, the bishop might possibly ask uh, you children if there are any questions that you have now that you're confirmed Catholics. And if that were to happen, if that happens, then make sure nobody asks any questions. You sit quiet, you don't have any questions. <clears throat> That's the discipline of the Catholic Church. It reminds me of the Jesuits. You don't ask any questions, you do what you're told. 
And so that night, the next night after the service was over, sure enough, the bishop, Bishop T.J. Tulin, never forget that man, uh, he afterwards, he said to the children, well, now that the service is over, <clears throat> if you children have any questions, uh, I'll try and answer them for you. So I stood up. I want, to make, I want to make sure everybody knew who I was. I stood up, and I said, yes, I have a question. I said, my father works with, uh, with uh, torches, like a welder. And I said, if there was an angel standing next to me, could I take a torch and burn that angel? Would it hurt him? And he looked at me dumbfounded, uh, and he says, I don't understand. And I said, well, very simple. If, if there was an angel appeared next to me and I had a torch, could I burn that angel? Would it hurt him? And he says, well, no. I said, why not? And he said, well, because fire is a, something to the effect, he says, fire is a natural phenomenon. You have to have paper or plastic or wood or something to burn you. You can't burn an angel. And I said, why can't I burn an angel? And he said, because angels are spirits, and you can't burn a spirit. And I said, well, then why am I supposed to be worried about going to hell when my spirit will burn forever if you can't burn a spirit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so then oh, everybody looked at each other, you know, like at a Three Stooges movie. Everybody just looks at each other and shrubs their shoulders, and they don't know what I just said. They haven't got the faintest idea what this kid was saying. All they know is he sounded like uh, he was, uh, uh, you know, antagonistic. I'm not antagonistic. I'm just a kid. I wanted to know, and uh, you know, I'm using my brain. God gave me an intelligence, and I'm trying to reason in my mind. <clears throat> and so I realized, you know, that was just part of my learning experience. I realized, you know what? You're in the wrong place, talking to the wrong people. These people are not interested in truth. Uh, intelligence or wisdom or anything else. All they want to do is to control you. And so I became very, very radical and revolutionary in my thinking, but I always kept it to myself. You know, I, my, my, my modus operandi was to just smile, be a gentleman, be courteous, and go along with everybody and be kind to everyone. And I am not buying nothing. I don't buy it for a minute. I know exactly mm. how adults operate. I know about the lies and deception and business and religion and government. I know about the corruption and law enforcement. I, I don't buy it for a minute. Humans are not able to protect themselves from the dark side. This is something nobody seems to realize. The human race cannot protect itself from the dark side. I mean, we're, you know, it's, it's as if the whole human race is caught up into uh, criminality, stupidity, ignorance, uh, hopeless ignorance and stupidity. I mean, it's just amazing to me how many people don't think very clearly or very far about anything. Well, so, Jordan, that's, here's, you know, that's here, what I do. Here's, I, I want you to help our um, listeners with something because your background in um, the interplay between religion and politics um, is extensive. And I would just love for you to share with us your thoughts on the current situation and how it's playing out right now in the Middle East. Well, what a question. Oh, what a subject. Yeah, there's <laughs> never been... My mother said this to me once, just in passing. She said, well, there's never been a religious movement in the world that wasn't political. And there's never been a political situation ever that wasn't religious. 
And so what you need to understand is religion and politics are one in the same thing. And if you watch the people who vote, uh, you know, and when Obama gets elected or Bush gets elected, people are in the streets jumping on cars, dancing in the streets like uh, like uh, um, Mardi Gras. You know, it's a big party. They're drunk. They're dancing in the streets. Uh, why? It's a religious observance. It's a religion. They have given their spiritual selves over to the dark side. They are dancing in the streets because they have, uh, they believe that this one is this man is going to save the human race. When the scripture very clearly says, "Put not your trust in earthly man, in whom there is no salvation." And if and if history has taught us anything, it has taught us that you can't trust any man. Period. And the founding <laughs> fathers on this earth who founded our great republic and our country, knew that. And so being intellectually honest, they weren't all very perfect either. So they realized if you're going to have a government that really works, make sure that that you divide the government up so that there's all kinds of opposing sides inside government so that no one master, no one Adolf Hitler, Mussolini is going to come along and lead the whole nation into destruction. No, we'll break up, the, uh, break up all the power units and they play against themselves so that nobody has absolute control over anything. Well, unfortunately, you know, for us, we bought into <clears throat> the, the, the destructive philosophy called democracy and so that's where we are today we are a democratic society and on the surface that sounds great until you actually do something strange like think for a minute and understand what the word democracy <laughs> means and then you'd say now once you understand democracy then you understand why we are in the mess we're in today around the earth because we are told America is promoting democracy. Democracy is the rule of the masses, the rule of the mob. Uh, demos in Greek. The word democracy comes from a Greek word, demos. D-E-M-O-S. Demos in Greek means a mob. So when you're seeing the Watts riots and people pillaging and burning and roaming in the streets, thousands of people in the streets and the helicopters overhead, and there's violence and fire and, and uprising. That's a demos. We call that a demonstration. A demos means a mob, and aocracy means the rule of. So therefore, the worst kind of government that is possible in the human world is a democracy because it means the rule of the mob. And that's what we have today, you know. And a basic idea of rule of the mob or a democracy is 46 guys hanging one. 46 cowboys hanging one. That's a democracy. 46 of us to one, we all voted to kill this guy. So we hung him. Was he guilty? Oh, we don't care if he was guilty. We just all voted, and that's it. It's a democracy. It's a rule of the majority. Mm. And so right. democracy is a frightening. It's frightening because when you get 
like a, a, a motorcycle gang, and you got 60 or 70 guys all drunk, and they're all in a gang, and they've decided to uh, do something to one person, well, that's a democracy. Demos in Greek means the rule of the majority. And so you know, the majority of 60 guys are going to beat up two. And so that is democracy. Well, that's what we're seeing around the world today. Now, people do not understand that there are different kinds of democracies. The one America has is called a corporate democracy, and that's even different. That's even worse. So when you get into government, you have to understand government is based on religion, more so than you even begin to realize. Uh, it's, a, it's an incredible story, and it's the kind of a story that it's going to cause a lot of people um, grief to hear that uh, that their beloved democracy of America is actually based on ancient concepts that come out of the ancient world uh, of violence and corruption and evil and the manipula manipulation of people's minds and their lives. And all of this can be traced back into ancient history. I mean, I've always been interested in looking at the macro view of history. Go back to the ancient proto-Sumerians. Go back to the ancient Hindus. Because unless you understand the ancient Hindu history of India, then you're not going to understand Islam, Judaism, or Christianity. All three of their major religions today are based on Hinduism. Uh, you know, this whole idea of the, uh, of the uh, uh, ancient Israel and, and Moses and King David, all of that can be traced back if you're intellectually honest and have learned how to read and can think a little bit and go to a library and research, you will find it all goes back to uh, India. It all goes back to the Himalayas. I mean, this is why. I mean, it's a classic example. When you know, you, you saw the movie Indiana Jones and the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, the Lost Ark was the Ark of the Covenant. And that's a Hebrew symbol, the, the Jewish Lost Ark. And so Indiana Jones is given the commission by the U.S. government to go find the Lost Ark and do it quickly before Hitler finds it, because the Nazis were looking for it. How many people are asking themselves, wait a minute, I thought the Nazis were anti-Semitic and so evil. And why would Hitler and the Nazis be looking for the Jewish Ark of the Covenant? What's going on there? Why would it be important to the Nazis? Well, there's a reason. It's just that you haven't been told, but there's a reason why and so there is a definite connection between Nazism and Judaism. But we're not going to talk about that right now because intellectually people are not ready for that truth. But uh, right. it all can be yeah. traced, as I said, it can all be traced back to India. But the point I want to make about the movie is that when Indiana Jones, who is supposedly the only man who's really smart enough to find it, the lost ark, where does he go first? He goes to Tibet. Not to not to the Holy Land, not to Jerusalem. He goes to Tibet, and in Tibet he's looking for the key to how to find the lost ark. And so finally he gets this little crystal, uh, that, uh, which is the key to finding the ark in Tibet. Then where does he go now that he's got the key to find the ark? Does he go to the Holy Land to Jerusalem? No, he goes to Egypt. Steven Spielberg has a lot of things, but stupid isn't one of them. He's telling you something. 
that the lost Ark of the Hebrews is connected directly to the Hindu in the Hindu and ultimately to the Egyptians. It has nothing to do with being oh. Jewish or Christian or anything else. It's a very interesting occult story. So <clears throat> when you see stuff going on in Israel today and the wars in the Middle East, all of it is based on the Roman Empire still trying to control the Middle East. The whole story of the Middle East going back thousands of years is the war between the Middle Eastern peoples of the world and the Roman Empire under Caesar. And we're still today, the Roman Empire is America. We are the modern-day Roman Empire. Right. And, uh, you know, it's an extraordinary story, but when you start looking at the symbols, it becomes very obvious that America is the Roman Empire. I mean, go back into history and look at where did... did, uh, Caesar rule Rome from? Where was his seat of power? The ruler of the Roman Empire, Caesar, ruled Rome from a place called Capitoline Hill or Capitol Hill. And how did he rule the empire? He was he was officiating over the Senate. And it was referred to in the history books as the Senate was up on the hill. Well, today wow. we still have the Senate. It's up on the hill. Capitol Hill. Right. <laughs> so I'm just saying we are, and of course the Mississippi is said to be the new Nile, and all up along, all along the Nile, uh, all along the Mississippi River are are cities like Cairo and Memphis, and the cities oh, like yeah. the Nile in Egypt. So we are a very occult, ancient societies running our planet today. And these people have always run the planet. And we are still ignorant today. The more we change, the more we stay the same. People have no idea in the world what's going on in religion and government and commerce. It's an extraordinary story of the betrayal of the human race. And the human race, we we have, I've said it so many times, we just don't have the ability to protect ourselves. The human race does right. not have the ability to protect itself. Most, the biggest reason why is because nobody reads. We depend on our uh, leaders to take care of us, so we're just out watching basketball and playing games and doing and entertaining ourselves and trying to earn a living. So we're not looking at where we've come from as a nation and where we're going as a people, and you know, and they're finding artifacts. It's- around the world that are billions of years old and hundreds of millions of years old. How many people know that? How many people know there's pyramids? There's a pyramid sitting out on the ocean floor of the Atlantic, a pyramid sitting on the ocean floor in the Atlantic Ocean. Who knows that? I mean, how many people know that? And right. uh, so, I mean, I'm fascinated with all the world of the occult, things we don't know, things that people have no idea in the world are happening all around us. So that's who I am. That's what I do. I just enjoy trying to get people to wake up to the fact that the world is not what you think it is. And I do Well, it's an absolute blessing that you do what you do and that you have such intellectual honesty. And, you know, and and the thing is, uh, you know, people turn to religion in a way uh, to cope with all the problems in the world, and they're going right into one of the biggest problems of all. 
And I would love you to just shed some light on this um, because you have so much knowledge um, of, you know, the hidden teachings in the Bible or, you know, the ability to kind of read between the lines and pull up truths that most people would gloss over. Can you uh, share with us what you feel is the most significant hidden teaching um, in the Bible? Yes. I think one of them? No, I think it's the New Testament. There's a lot of wisdom in the Old Testament, but uh, I believe that the Old Testament of the Bible is a uh, is a commercial as commerce. I believe it has to do with the basis of world commerce and the world system as we know it uh, today. Because everything today is part of something that was around you know, thousands of years ago. We did our, our system of life today in America did not just spring out of nothing. We came from Europe. Europeans came from the, some, from somewhere else, from the Roman Empire. And from the Roman Empire can be traced back to the Greeks and, and to the Egyptians and back to the Hindus and back to into the Phoenicians and Canaanites and back to... So, you know, nothing comes out of, out of thin air. I mean, we are, we're nothing more than just one long uh, evolution, so to speak, of uh, government and religion. So when you look at the religion we have today... It's based on the ancient Roman Empire. Uh, it's the most extraordinary story you're ever going to hear when you find out how the United States government actually, in fact, works. And I will guarantee you, you do not know how it works. People around the world are looking at America, and Americans themselves have no idea in the world how America actually works. Does it work? And Oh, yeah, it works beautifully. <laughs> it works incredibly well. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer, and the, and the, uh, the whole system is designed to own you and to own your body and to own your actual physical body. For the 1%, it works. For the 99% of us, it's, it's, it's broken. Well, I know. But I mean, no, but it, I'm just saying, but it actually works because the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, and uh, and so the way the system is set up, uh, it's 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 a full it's a foolproof system. It works with all of the craziness and the lunacy going on in the world and in, and in this country. It still works. The wealthy still get wealth, and the poor are getting poorer, and uh, and. Society still operates, so it shows that there is some kind of a hidden occult, and the word occult simply means hidden, some kind of a hidden magical system that's going on that people have been sucked into and don't realize it. Let me give you an example of what I'm saying, the magical system. Uh, America is the, it comes out of Europe, and in Europe, even before the Roman Empire existed, uh, there was a system of operation, there was a system of government in Europe even before Rome. Uh, that system is still in existence today. It's called the Celtic or Celtic Druid system. Europeans were Druids, and they were called Celtic, spelled with a K, or Celtic, spelled with a C, Celtic Druids. And the Druids were the priests, the, the doctors, the lawyers, the judges. Uh, they kept the law. They wrote the law. 
So they were the, the powers that be, so to speak, of Europe, even before the Roman Empire, during the Roman Empire, and since then, and then even since then. So Druidism is very, very important, though a lot of people have no knowledge of it. But one of the most important symbols of power in the old ancient Druidic system of Europe were magic wands, like uh, the magic wand of an orchestra conductor. The orchestra conductor waves a magic wand, and everyone everyone knows that you play to his tune. He's the master. He he tells you what to play. So he waves a magic wand and makes music. And so, uh, like Merlin, Merlin the magician, the great magicians use magic wands. The point I'm making here is that magic wands were always made out of the wood of a holly tree. So the magic was in holly wood. So today we have Hollywood <laughs> making magic ha. all over the world. Never, ever, the people have no idea in the world that what we call Hollywood is a highly intelligent, extraordinarily brilliant system of magical symbols, occult terms of words and symbols, which are profoundly important to the human psyche. They, they lead you by music. They lead you with colors, magical systems of implications for symbols, emblems. Uh, they're telling you stuff in movies. I mean, like Dick Gregory, my buddy Dick Gregory says, uh, Hollywood does three things. They tell you what your masters have already done, what they're doing now, and what they're getting ready to do. Mm. And so that's Hollywood, the magic of Europe. It's all over the world now. And remember that uh, Europe has dominated the world for 2,300 years. And, of course, for 2,300 years, the Vatican or Rome has dominated Europe. Started off with the Caesars and then last 1,600 years under Rome, under the Vatican. So for 2,300 years, Rome and the Vatican have dominated Europe. And for 2,300 years, Europe has dominated the planet. That's why we say all roads lead to Rome. So all of this stuff going on in the Middle East, all this stuff going on in Hollywood, all of this stuff going on with, with commerce, with, uh, with the violence, with wars, all of this stuff can be traced back to the ancient Roman Empire and the foundations upon which that was built, the old Babylonian Sumerian system of commercial law the law of merchants um i don't know it's a, you know it would take me 8 hours just to go through and, and lay out the foundations of what i'm saying so you can understand where i'm coming from i've been looking at this stuff for over 50 years and i'm just amazed at how much people don't know and the reason why they don't know it as i said before is most people choose not to see I, mean, yeah. I had I, I had dinner with uh, Sabbath dinner with them, my Jewish friends a couple of years ago, and uh, after dinner we're sitting around talking, and uh, one of the guys there uh, was the top reporter for the L.A. Times, the uh, top man at L.A. Times, one of the best reporters there, and the subject got on to the world of the occult in religion. And uh, and so I've just mentioned 9/11, the occult significance of the number 9/11, 
You know, you can call that any time, and the, and, the, and the fire department will show up, and the cops will show up. Why did this happen on 9-11? Uh, and and immediately this guy said, you know, I don't want to hear any of this. And I said, oh, I'm just talking about what happened. He said, no, I don't want to hear it at all. I don't want to hear anything about 9-11. I don't want to hear anything about what happened. I don't want to hear nothing about it, period. End of sentence. So I said, I thought you were a reporter. He said, I am a reporter. I work for the LA Times. I said, but you don't want to hear the, anything about what's happening? He said, no, I choose not to hear that is my choice. I choose not to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I'm not interested in any of the facts, period. Thank you and goodbye. Oh, my. Yeah. So that wow. Helps, you know, he, he could get a job. It didn't shock me. I mean, you know, it didn't, it didn't offend or shock me. I already know. People do not want to hear the truth. They want to hear yeah. what they want to hear. Yeah, that's so for sure. So, Jordan, this... This leads me to to this next question, which is, okay, so the system works for that 1%. For the rest of us, it's most certainly broken. Here we are. Yeah. It is, you know, November 20th, 2012. I mean, geez, look, just look at the time frame. Um, yeah. what, what is the... The collective. What 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 are we to do? I mean, we've got, like you say, that the IQ has been steadily going down. People are finding more and more ways to stay asleep. Even this reporter from the LA Times saying, "I don't want to hear this." I mean, you know, just like as if you know, doing it subtly is is bad enough. You know, people are really just out and out saying, "I don't want to hear this stuff. I'm not letting it in." So, what is to be happening right now? Well, what happened to the Roman Empire in, the, in about the year 425 in the 5th century? The empire became so corrupt and so evil, and everybody was feeding their friends, hoping that the alligator would eat them last. That's what happens today. People will turn you in because you talk funny or you, you dress strange or you're talking about something they've never heard before, so obviously you must be an al-Qaeda agent or communist assistant, so they'll call the police and tell them uh, you know, and, and, uh, and you know, tell the, the authorities about you because you're reading a book and there's something wrong with you know, this guy, Jordan Maxwell, because he reads books and he talks about things that nobody in the world has ever heard. Uh, so obviously you must be a communist or working for the devil or devil worshiper or something. <laughs> yeah. And so I, that's what I get from Christians all over the world, that Jordan Maxwell is working for the government. Uh, he's, a, he's a CIA plant. And I think to myself, if I were working for the government, at least I could pay my rent. Try doing what I do for 53 years. You will find out nobody's going to hire you. You're not going to make any money. You're going to be uh, uh, derided and called names. You're going to be uh, lied upon, lied about. You're going to be chased out of town. Uh, you're going to be a rebel, and you're going to cause nothing but trouble for yourself, and you're going to cause trouble for your family because you're not going along to get along. So try it. Try being an American who cares about freedom of liberty, justice, and intellectual freedom. Try it in America today. You can get arrested for thinking. This is a, this is an incredible situation. The thing that shocks me is that, you know, people look up in the sky and they see these chemtrails and, you know, even the most obvious things, 
you know, people turn their head um, the other way. What are your thoughts about chemtrails and the transhumanism agenda? And do you think they're really succeeding in preventing our planetary ascension? Or, you know, basically, oh, what are your yeah. views on this ascension? Oh, yeah, I think that's exactly what's happening. I am. That's a big subject with me, transhumanism. That's a very big subject with me. And I've been talking about that privately with my friends for many years. 30 or 40 years ago, I was talking about the mutation of the human race. And I, I was fascinated by the study and the work of the Nazis on that subject of, of um, transposing the human race into a different kind of society. Um, when you look at the peoples, look at the work of uh, A.R. Luria and Ivan Pavlov and um, and what were some of the other names, especially Luria and Pavlov, who were scientists um, in the pre-communist Russia when they were working on dogs. It was called, you know, where they would um, cause dogs to salivate. It was a real trick, and what they were doing was trying to figure out how the brain works, how the mind works, so that they could then transform the human mind. They could transform the brain into being a different kind of, of instrument. And that's what's going on today. Your, your human freedom, the integrity of your own thoughts, the integrity of your own spiritual self is being eroded. It's being dis- destroyed. And in place of it, you are now being taught in schools and in society in America and around the world, especially here, uh, to go along, to get along. You don't question anything. You are not to, under any circumstances to question anything. You don't want, the one thing you don't want to do is be caught reading an intelligent book. Uh, you know, we, we, are, we are being trained not to think. All you got to do is go back and watch movies from Hollywood, like, uh, you know, the, what was some of those movies that were showing that the time machine, that was a long time ago, the movies like that showing how you can go backwards and forwards in time and see the disgusting uh, de- uh, the, the destruction of human psyche, the destruction of human freedom. So that's what we've got today. We have a nation filled with people who are not allowed to think. And if you question, and especially if you were born with an intelligence and you got something that can help the human race, uh, then you will go to prison in America. America will, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> so in America, if you're doing anything to help your fellow man, if you're a doctor or any kind of a, a professional that you have in mind helping your fellow man uh, to have a better life, you will go to jail. Mark my words, you will go to prison in America because the people who are running this country are the people who are running the planet. And they're not interested in having you help your fellow man. They're interested in what they have always been interested in, and that is complete, absolute, total power over the human race. And that's so, why America was founded. We were, we were founded by brave people who left Europe and had enough of that nonsense and of the church, you know, killing people and murdering people if you don't go to church and if you don't believe in our God, we will kill you. And so today we still have the same thing, the people of the book, the three major religions of the world, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, and nobody's ever questioned why do you have three major religions. 
That's a, you know, when you get into the occult side of religion, that's fascinating. Why do you have three major religions, Islam, Judaism, Christianity? They're referred to as people of the book, because all three require a book. It has nothing to do with spirituality, going out and sitting uh, and you know by yourself at night and talking to God. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's the people of the book. You have to read the book and, and worship God, quote, by the book, end quote. And do so do you think you that being a... Say it again? Oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, once you understand that our religion has nothing to do with spirituality, zero. Right. Do you nothing. think just being a, spir- a spiritual being, a conscious, awake being, is enough to protect us from the transhumanism agenda and just the whole... Well, you know, I think it's a good start. It's a good start when yeah. you understand who your enemy is or what your enemies are trying to do, your masters who believe that they own you, and believe me, they do, in fact, lawfully. In point of fact, in law, the government of the United States owns you. And you may you may not understand the full implications of what I'm saying, but it's true. They own you. They own your body. Your physical body, your blood, flesh and blood body, is a security on the New York Stock Exchange. They yeah. actually own your physical body. You don't think so? Start doing some research on the New York Stock Exchange and the use of the human body as a security on the stock exchange for your money. And you will find that the United States Corporation, that's a whole story. There's a world of difference between the sun and the moon. Well, there's a world of difference between the United States of America and the United States today. Uh, you know, that's a whole story we could go on for four hours on that one alone. <laughs> the United States Corporation is a company. Washington, D.C. is a corporation. It is a company. It's like Sears, General Motors, Ford Motor Company, yeah. Baskin Robbins, uh, and just a regular company like any oil company, like any big corporation. It is a privately owned corporation. It's a company. Right. And this, therefore, all corporations, if you have a corporation, anybody can have a corporation, but if you have a corporation, you must have a president of the corporation. So today, the United States Corporation, which was incidentally incorporated in 1871 in, uh, in where was it, um, oh, trying to remember the state, Delaware, the United States is a privately owned corporation, and it was incorporated in 1871. <clears throat> and, uh, the, and, and, and so once you understand that it's a privately owned company, a corporation, uh, and you are nothing more than a human resource, you know, just like oil, gas, rubber, and you. You are a yeah. human resource. And, yeah. yeah, and when you understand, look at Commerce, the very word commerce and, uh, and, and Congress, those two words, we talk about the Congress and commerce. Look up those two words in a law dictionary. Do something really interesting in your life. Go get a book and read something for a change instead of watching <laughs> uh, The Simpsons and be with yeah. the butt, you know, watch, read a book about 
how law works. And you will find that your body is a security on the New York Stock Exchange and all of commerce, look up the word commerce in Congress, you will find that those two words mean sex. Commerce is a word that's used in the ancient world for sex, and Congress is sex. There's co-rest and there's Congress. Congress means sexual, uh, the sex act is Congress. And so, you know, I'm just amazed at at the symbolism that's right in your face. I mean, the Washington Monument is an Egyptian obelisk. Washington Monument is a male erection. That's uh, That's what the ancient Egyptian obelisk represented. Go back and read this, the history of ancient Egypt. The uh, obelisk was a male erection, and it connected directly to the female ovaries, or the oval office. And so when you understand how sexual implications of our political symbols, our words, our terms, our Congress, our Senate, the word Senate comes from a word in Latin meaning an actor, someone who puts on a mask and is on the uh-huh. stage acting or a Senate or senator. Uh, you know, it's just wonderful. All of this stuff is just absolutely <laughs> divinely incredible uh, you know, conspiratorial apparatus that most people will never be privy to know anything about. And I get people continually telling me, you know, calling me names, um, you know, who have not spent, I've, I've spent 53 years doing what I'm doing, while most people who derive my, my name have not spent 53 minutes with the subject. <laughs> and, so, and so I, I just do what I do because I figure, you know, one day uh, somebody will at least hear what I'm saying and maybe somebody will understand the implications of what I'm talking about. You need to know yeah. how the world works. Yeah. Now, Jordan, um, I want to uh, steer the boat a little differently right now. Um, Wish you would. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. Now there's pressure on me. Um, you are. I, I want to bring. I want to bring your message. Um, to a place of hope and I want to bring it I want to I want to bring us to the core of your heart. Now you describe yourself or your website does as bringing light into a world of darkness and I that's what we titled this show tonight and I just you know I'm Dr. Dream I'm all about you know positive energy and focus and and knowing um you know what we need to know to hold that. So coming from the the core of your heart with a message of hope and you as the bringer of light along with so many others um, into this world of darkness, share from that space for us. Well, not necessarily is it a good thing or hopeful or upbuilding or encouraging when you shine light. You know, that is not necessarily a wonderful thing to do. Because when you shine light, people begin to see the falsehood that they have partaken in. And as I said before, most people are not interested to see the truth. So uh, most people are not interested in showing light. Let me give you an example. Suppose you're sound asleep, you're very tired, and you're in a dark room, and you're sound asleep, 
and someone comes into your bedroom quietly and flips on a 600-watt bulb next to you, immediately it's going to frighten you, and it's extraordinarily a bright light. You're going to turn away from it quickly and hide your eyes. Why? Because your eyes are not dilated to take in that much light that quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's going to hurt, and it's going to frighten you. That after you finally uh, get past the initial shock of somebody uh, flipping on a 600-watt bulb next to you while you're sleeping, then the next thing is you're going to be very, very irritated, very unhappy that anyone would do that to you. And you're turning your back on that light. So that's usually what I find people doing is when you turn the light on, bring a light into the world, um, people are not happy about that. They're turning away. They can't take that kind of of light. They can't take that kind of truth. They're not up for that. They're not interested. And, right. uh, you know, they they like whatever they've got. They like their beer and pretzels and, and basketball, and, and they are not interested to see the real light, to see the dark side of the world and how and, it really works. They're not interested in that. But But and now, so, Jordan, there's... There's so many of us that are now acclimated to that to that bright light and what we're seeing. So the, I'm sure not enough to completely tip the scale, but but where does that put us now in relation to 2012 and December 21st and 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 again, you know, from from the heart space and 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 hope for for a portion of the collective or the collective or yeah. Us. I understand the question. <laughs> I, I understand the question well. Uh, what I don't know is exactly how to answer that tactfully, because uh, you're asking me for a um, <clears throat> for a personal view, and uh, my personal views are not always very encouraging. Love building, so. Um, the thing I am most concerned about now, at this particular moment in history, is the destruction of the human mind, the destruction of the human psyche, uh, and, the, and ultimately that means the destruction of the human race, as it has been known for thousands of years. The people who are in power today, both in America and around the world, are as diabolical and divinely evil as any people have ever been on the earth you have no idea in the world how evil this world system truly is but once you understand what was going on in Nazi Germany and the Soviet Empire and what's going on today in Rome and the Vatican and religion and the violence and the bloodshed and the human human, uh, destruction that's going on in the Middle East and um, the rituals of death and blood blood rituals, you have no idea in the world how bad and, de- and devious and evil the, the leaders of our country are. You have no idea how bad these people really are. So all yeah. I would say in answer to your question was remember who you are. You are a spiritual person in a physical body. And the war today is for the minds of men, so to speak. The war today is to destroy you spiritually and then use your body 
on a stock exchange to make you a number so that you're just a blip on the computer. And uh, so I would suggest that there's any... I, I you know I, I've said so many times that the only light at the end of the tunnel is a train coming, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I feel if there's any hope for the human race, then you had better wake up and understand that the people who are running your government today are the most evil, debauched, murderous, demonic people that have ever existed on the face of the earth and they are equally as bad in the Jewish community at the top to the to the Islamic community which is overwhelmingly obvious that the religion government commerce is now a diabolical satanic evil presence on the earth that wishes to, to make even- all humans uh, um, slaves so that they will own your body, they will take your spirit, and they will ultimately destroy what God has created and given to the world, given us a life on the earth, a beautiful earth. I mean, when you look at a newborn child and look at little children, the beauty of of the humans as a child and the beauty of the earth, but the people who are now in charge of America, in charge of the world around us, are the most demonic, depraved animals the world has ever produced. And therefore, I I I would suggest this. Let me suggest to the audience, what I would suggest you do is quietly find a place quiet where you can be alone and talk audibly. You must talk audibly to the spirit because uh, because uh, even borrowing from the Christian theology, God is a spirit. Well, I believe that's exactly correct, that the divine presence in the universe is a spiritual presence. Uh, and that spiritual presence is wise, intelligent, and powerful, and is watching the evolution and the demise of its creation called the human the human creation. So I would suggest what you want to do is sit quietly and talk to the spirit and ask the spirit, assume that it is hearing you, assume that in the Christian terms, God is listening to you, so to speak. Assume that the spirit is intelligent and it's in the room with you and it's watching you. And talk to the spirit and ask it to lead me, show me what I am to do. I do not wish to be a part of anything evil, but show me what I am to know. Make sure that I meet who I'm supposed to meet. Uh, Guide me, protect my family, and show me what I am supposed to know. And show me what I am supposed to do. That after making your request known to the Spirit, then ask the Spirit, show me that you have heard me. Give me a sign, some kind of a sign that I will know that you are here and that you have heard me. And watch what happens. Watch what happens, because things will begin to happen which will be extraordinarily in your face from the other (laughs) world, from the other side. And when that happens, don't become frightened, because after all, you did ask (laughs) that the Spirit shows you that it's here. And so my, my message would be, Talk to the spirit. 
or in another way of saying it today, talk to God. Talk to the Spirit and ask the Spirit to guide you, to protect you, to make sure you learn what you're supposed to, and show you what you are to do. Why are you here? What are you supposed to do? And watch what happens. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, things will begin to happen. Why? Well, because you ask. As the scripture says, you know, ask and you will receive. You know, knock and it will be open. Seek and you will find. Mm. I just have to say that is just such a brilliant answer, and I just have such deep respect for you on so many levels. And I just really, we we, we don't have much time left, and I, I just definitely want to ask this before the show closes. What are your thoughts on, you know, the Christ energy and Christ consciousness or Christ the man? What can you tell listeners real quick about your take on the Christ figure? I am totally convinced and uh you know I've only been looking at it for 53 years so I don't I'm not the world's <laughs> foremost authority but I am totally convinced for myself that uh that the story in the New Testament about Jesus is a metaphor it is a symbolic story and if you take that story in the New Testament about Jesus as true history then you're going to end up with religion <clears throat> And therefore, as you well know, there's over 2,800 different Christian denominations and groups. And so Christianity is divided almost to 3,000 different uh, groups, and each one believes that they are the, you know, they're the holders of the truth and everybody else is wrong. Well, the mere fact that Christianity is divided up like that, uh, Judaism also. Judaism is divided into all kinds of factions and groups. And so is Islam. There's all kinds of Islamic groups and uh, concepts and ideas. It's because they are religions. They have no spirituality. So I believe that the New Testament story of Jesus the Christ is a metaphor. It's a symbolic story. It's like Aesop's fables. But that is not to put down the story. That is to explain the story. It's a metaphor. Now, once you understand the symbols in the New Testament, then the metaphor becomes overwhelming in your face. It becomes obvious why Jesus was uh, was uh, had a, uh, a virgin mother, why he uh, died on the on the cross, why uh, all the stories about Jesus begin to make sense once you understand Jesus, the very name Jesus. And the person of Jesus is a metaphor. It's a symbolic symbol. And Jesus tells you, and the Bible has uh, says, Jesus said, I am the truth and the light. So understand that. Jesus is not a man. It's not history. It is, it's a story. This is why the Bible is called the greatest story ever told. Not the greatest collection of historical facts. It's the greatest story ever told. Why? Because yeah. it is, in fact, the greatest story, because it's the only story that's ever been told. The story of the New Testament and the, and the story of Jesus is a metaphor on the subject of the war between light and darkness. Mm. He is the great light of the world, truth and light. I am the truth and the light. Well, truth and the light is uh, exactly what the sun brings us. The sun is the truth. I mean, if everything, any, 
it's a it's a metaphor, and once you understand that, it's uh, then you see why the devil devil is simply putting the letter D in front of the word evil becomes devil. God comes from the root word for good. Take an O out of good becomes God. God is good. Devil is evil. Words. But once you understand the words are put in such a way as to be an interesting, fascinating metaphor on the war between light and darkness, the prince of darkness is set. Of course it gets dark at sunset. And Mm. so, you, you know, once you see how the words are put together in the New Testament, you begin to see the whole thing, the whole Bible in the, old, in the New Testament is a merely an old ancient story of the war between light and darkness, between good and evil. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And, uh, and of course, the light of the world is the sun. Well, Jesus is, called, is referred to as God's son, the light of the world. Of course, the sun is the light of the world. What else lights the world if it isn't the sun? And he is your risen Savior. Of course the sun rises every morning about 5.30. And he is your risen Savior. Of course the sun is your Savior. If it don't come up, we're dead. So when you understand the sun represents the light of the world, and therefore truth is connected to light. And therefore someone who is very enlightened, we call them brilliant which is a word in relation to light. So all I'm saying is that the New Testament story of Jesus the Christ is a, is a metaphor for the war on earth that has always been here, the war between light and darkness. And what is, what is the truth and the light? Well, whatever, what, what happened to the truth and the light? Well, first of all, they nailed him to a stake, they spit on him and beat him to death. Well, that's what happens to the truth and the light in this world. It's mistake, it's, it's spit on, it's mocked, and finally it dies. And now, so I think the entire story of Jesus is a metaphor, and I've got a whole, we could do a whole four hours just on that one subject of the all the stories now, in the Jordan, Bible let me, about Jesus. Let me ask you, um, have you taken a lot of heat for this, uh, this perspective? Oh, heavens, yeah. I mean, because that's what... <laughs> <laughs> That's what truth does. People hearing the truth for the first time, they are not interested in hearing truth. No, right, thank exactly. You. you know, I mean, if you remember uh, when Pontius Pilate brings Jesus, the story is Pontius Pilate brings Jesus out before the crowd, and on one hand he has Barabbas, who everybody knows is a criminal, murdering, lying criminal, and then Jesus on the right-hand side, and Pontius Pilate says to the people of the city, uh, I can release one prisoner. You have Pontius Pilate, uh, and you have Barabbas on the left, who is a murderer, a liar, and a cheat, and then you have Jesus. And the Bible says with one voice, the entire town said, give us Barabbas. That's symbolically saying that when people are confronted with the truth or lies, they will always support the lie. They don't want the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. They love Obama. He's going to save the world. They don't want the truth. They want George Bush. Like uh, like Ludwig von Mises, the great European economist, said, the people of every nation, all of history, the people of every nation have always supported a dictator. 
always, in every instance in, in history, the people will always support a dictator. They love to bow down to the Holy Father in Rome. They love to crawl on their knees to the Prince uh, and Prince Charles and Lady oh. Di and right. Queen Mum. Because we've we just been so we've been so conditioned to give up our power, Jordan. I've got to catch You're you right. off here because we're we're at the end of the show. But um, I got to tell you, we would love to have you back another time because I mean, an hour and a half doesn't do you justice at all. Your information is fabulous. I um I I really am honored that you that you made time to to be on our program tonight. Um, what you do with the the courage and no fear and no hesitation and and speaking your truth and continuing to dig in and research, as you say, um, I just want to thank you for all of us for what you do. Well, thank yes. you. And let me leave you. Let me leave you with this parting thought. You can go on my website to jordanmaxwell.com. But do not order anything from it, because everything on that website is already on YouTube for free. Do not order anything from my website, because my website's been stolen and I don't own it anymore. So until I can go to court and get my possessions back and get my website back, uh, someone else has taken my work and my money and my website and stole it from me. So oh, don't All right, well, we'll get go that. on my website, but don't buy anything from it. We'll get the okay. word out there. And again, thank you, Laura. A couple of words. We're just running really close here. I just, you know, want to thank you so much. I just can't thank you enough. I mean, I'm, I'm just amazed. You make me proud to say that I don't vote. I've never voted, and uh, it's just so confirming all your information. We love you, and we can't wait to talk to you again, and hopefully see you soon. So thanks, thanks, Jordan, for coming. Yeah, let's get together anytime. Give me a yes. call. We'll be okay, in touch. Thank totally. you very much. And. Um, now, just closing out the show uh, very quickly, this was amazing. Jordan Maxwell, wow, absolutely love wow. this. Um, next week, we have uh, Dr. Joan going to talk about uh, miracles and dreams and manifestation, a very positive show, and Michael Tellinger the week after. And have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and just lots of love from all of us to you. Lots of love. Bye, everybody.